Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Roundtable. What's going on, Brevin? Not much. I got censored, so that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you should have seen the intro he just said before. And <laughs> I actually did the correct intro. I feel like half you guys would have been clicking off by now. I thought it was cool and funny. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, all right, we got another uh, Q&A. This was a little bit, We only have three questions today, but I feel like we're going to have you know, plenty to talk about because one of them is a little bit longer. And one of them actually really isn't a question, but it's something that you brought up last week. So if anyone listened last week, they might know. And you know what? I'm really, de- I'm really uh, depressed. You know what didn't happen? No what? One, no one DM'd us our numbers. Crash. Right? That's disappointing. I don't remember what our numbers, what you gave me a number and you had a number. It was like 63 or 36, something like that. I don't know. 35 think, or six. Yeah. I, I don't remember either, but that wasn't our job to remember. Do yeah. better listeners. <laughs> and if you guys have no clue what we're talking about, go back and listen to the last Q&A. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's just dive on in here because I feel like, you know, again, we only have three questions, but they're going to take us a while to get through and we're going to try to stick to our 30 minutes. Hopefully we'll see how much if Revan's in a talkative mood today or not. Um, number one, um, how can you build muscle and lose fat at the same time? Is it even possible? Yes, it depends. All right, so we're going to cut them off Are... there. So before we get into much <laughs> more detail, because <laughs> he's about to go down a long problem. I'm kidding. Go ahead. So my first thought is extremely possible if you're willing to take steroids but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> that that is for the the lifestyle after dark podcast um so we'll give you the, the correct answer uh yes it is possible and it, it really is one of those unfortunate it depends questions um most of it depends on where you're at in your fitness journey um chase has talked about this quite a few times um on the podcast and i know he's talked about it on his podcast as well that if you try to pull yourself in multiple directions at one time, you are going to go nowhere quickly. So I think the best course of action is to pick one main goal, and then you can have secondary and tertiary and whatever four is goals. Or tertiary. Yeah, I'm not going to try. That's why I didn't try. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can have those goals. Um, and, and your nutrition, um, so we can think of like performance, nutrition, um, recovery, so like sleep and stress management, um, hydration, and all these other things can support your secondary and tertiary and, again, whatever your fourth goal is. Um, <laughs> but your main goal has to be the priority. Otherwise, you're just going to be pulling yourself in, in many directions. Now, if you are brand new into training. And I want to clarify what brand new into training means. You could have been training for years and years on end, but if you haven't been following a well-structured and written program, if you have not been training hard, and that means to failure, then you definitely have some room to grow. And I can almost guarantee that every single person who's like, well, have I, if you're questioning it, you haven't. Um, if you have a, a lot of weight to lose, 
then 100% you can do this. This is what I did. Um, this is what Chase did. We definitely recomped. And that is, in my opinion, one of the coolest things you can do. Um, another way that you can see it is if you've been chronically dieting, you have gotten into some severe metabolic adaptation and you start to increase your calories. And that's where you see Chase and I talk about our clients sometimes like, hey, so-and-so is eating 600, 700 calories more. They're losing weight. They're improving their body composition. They're feeling good. That is exactly the process that we are talking about. Yeah. And I think it's important to also, I, I want to kind of dive into a little bit about like nutritional periodization as well. Cause you know, this is again, where, you know, Brevin, I mentioned about, you know, focusing on one thing at a time and that's why we periodize our nutrition. And what I mean by that is guys, you're going to go through phases, you know, and we both have phases up inside of our program. This is basically what we're doing during this time. You're going to have a time when maybe you are starting at maintenance. Maybe you're starting at a deficit. It's going to be different for everybody. Most people could benefit from some time at maintenance, either bringing their calories up if they've been chronically dieting, or if they've been chronically overeating, they can benefit from bringing their calories down to maintenance. And then from there, then you're going to go into a fat loss phase or in a calorie deficit when you're actually trying to lose body fat. From there, though, we both know that we can't stay in a calorie deficit for an entire year. So at some point, we're going to have to try to increase our calories over time back to maintenance and go and get out of that deficit to restore our metabolism, get it back up to a healthy spot from there. Then if you're not at your goal yet, eventually you'll be able to go back into another deficit. But if you are at your goal, then you're pretty much going to stay there and you're going to maintain there. And then maybe you can even look into going into a surplus and working on gaining muscle during that time as well. So that's the beauty of having all these three phases is you can do a lot of things, um, but you can't always do them all at the same time. Yeah, and, and the majority of your year shouldn't be spent in fat loss. Otherwise, you will never get to that goal of building muscle. And most people want that that toned, defined look. Most people don't want to look skinny fat, which is where you might not have a ton of body fat, but you also don't have very much muscle, so you have a higher percentage of body fat, um, even though you might be like classically skinnier. Mm -hmm. um, so... I think that you you were 100% right there there has to be different phases and if you if you do this the right way and you you periodize right over a 18 month period let's say you can go into two really really successful deficits and lose a significant amount of weight but the majority of that time over 18 months isn't spent in a diet it's spent focusing on building muscle improving your metabolism getting you to a good spot to be able to successfully lose fat and that's where so many people struggle is it's just constantly attacking fat loss but they're not taking the time to actually earn the right to diet yes. it's a long way to say it yes you can do it it depends on which situation you're in it depends on um kind of where you're coming from um, your, your background, it depends on what your main goal is, but that is exactly what we do inside of coaching. Like Chase said, is periodize your plan to be able to reach your, your primary, secondary and tertiary goals. Yeah. And, and also one other thing that is important to periodize, periodize nutrition is I think it's also important to look at like, when should you be dieting and what times of the year? You know, a lot of people don't like dieting through the summer with barbecues and time on the boat or the lake, you know, going to the beach and vacations. And a lot of people don't like to diet during the holidays, you know, through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, so we're going to work on periodizing your nutrition around that to your dieting, maybe in the winter, you know, right after the holidays, like January, February. And then maybe you're dieting again around like, you know, like in the fall time, you know, before the holidays. 
So you can work this around to make it work for you and you can be sustainable with your weight loss progress and still see results and still enjoy your holidays and whatever times you you know want to be able to enjoy yourself with more calories. I love that you brought that up. I think that is extremely underrated is being able to take this and actually make it work in your life because we know that optimal, as great as that would be, if we could do that the entire time, it's not always practical. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Let's have number two, which was, again, not really a question, but something we were going to talk about. I think it's a fantastic thing to talk about. Top five diet hacks. Yeah. So I'll let you go first. Be, yeah. So I think we'll just kind of go back and forth on these and name off five each because um, I think there's plenty to talk about. Um, first, I would like to say low calorie sauces and condiments and things like that. Like find things that are going to be able to flavor your food without costing you a ton of calories because we all, okay. you know, I think a lot of people get stuck in, they add in like all like the, the, the ranch dressings and the barbecue sauces, like with the normal stuff, which is okay if you're in moderation, but you may think, Hey, I'm just putting a squirt of barbecue sauce on my plate of food or ketchup even, and not realizing how much sugar that is shit that. adds up. Yeah. And it's got, and I'm not demonizing sugar here, but the sugar content is a lot of carbs and it's going to add up really, really quick. So Th those are those hidden calories that you don't think about. Exactly. So like the, I, I know we both love the G G Hughes sauces. Um, you know, sweet baby Ray's actually makes a no sugar added sauce. Now, um, sugar-free ketchup, things like that. But also like, even things like I've gotten into mustard, mustard, great mustard, zero calories. Um, it's a great option. Um, like light mayo, so things like talking that. about that. I want to, I want to interject here real quick. I Googled yesterday cause I have not been a fan of mustard for pretty much my entire life. I'm in a deficit right now and I'm trying new things out, trying to expand my horizons. I'm trying pickles. Um, I'm also trying, um, that's my first diet hack actually is pickles. Uh, I changed my, my order. Uh, but we'll <laughs> talk about that here in a second. And I, I was eating mustard last night on my food and I was like, I actually don't know what mustard is. So I Googled it. <laughs> I didn't know what I was like, huh? How is this here? What is mustard made of? And I learned. So that was interesting. You're not going to share with our listeners. So it was mustard seeds, I believe is what it was. And it has like vinegar and water and those kind of things added to it. And I was like, huh, okay, well, it makes sense why it's zero, zero uh, calories. <laughs> I just, I'd never known what, I guess I'd never thought about it before. Yeah. Just a random fact I th thought I'd throw out there. Yep. Awesome. Well, speaking of, like, let's dive into, you mentioned pickles. So like, what is your first diet hack? So Pickles are a fantastic. Now, again, this is something that I am new into trying. I have admittedly been a pickle hater my entire life. I am trying to expand my horizons and grow up a little bit and eat the damn pickle because it is a fantastic diet food. It's essentially zero calories. It is, they're very filling, they're higher volume. Um, and they hydrate you and have um, a ton of sodium in it. So they're fantastic for working out. Awesome. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to throw pickles on there. Yep. Like, I mean, that kind of goes along with you were going to say volume. So I mean, like, do you just want to kind of touch more on like the volume eating? I can kind of go right along with that. Yeah. Category. Yeah. Yeah. So volume eating is, is something that we've talked about a lot, uh, you and I. Um, volume eating is where you're eating as much food as you can for as little calories as you can, essentially, versus like a really dense food. Um, it's not a lot. It doesn't take up a lot of room on your plate, but it has a lot of calories. I think that's a good way to look at volume versus density. Volume foods take up a lot of room on your plate. So think of things like fruits and veggies. Those are You can generally eat a lot of those. Um, and not take up a ton of calories. So they take up a lot more volume in your stomach. Um, so frozen veggies, cauliflower rice, pickles, 
you want to throw anything else in there? No, I mean, lean, lean protein I think is another good option as well. You know, like it's something where you're going to chicken breasts, uh, turkey breasts, you know, lean ground beef, lean ground turkey, lean ground chicken, things like that are all great options as well. Awesome. So yeah. my number two is increasing your steps so you don't have to cut calories as much. Guys, we get into a calorie deficit by one of two ways or both, by either increasing activity or decreasing calories. No, I'm not saying eat less, move more. I know that's basically what that is, but it's a lot. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, guys, like increase your steps. Like I have a lot of clients like, you know, you're having to diet on so few calories because you're just not moving enough. Like if you were to get eight to 10,000 steps a day, you could actually eat more food. And again, I'm, and I also want to make sure we're not saying that, you no, know, Hey, you get the, the more you exercise the more cardio you do, the more you get to eat. Don't go down that rabbit hole. It's a whole rabbit hole of like poor relationship with food. Well, but, I think we can utilize ourselves here. Um, we both sit a lot for work. We're both working at our desks the majority of the day. So we have to actively go out and get more steps in. Otherwise, we would have to drop calories lower than we want to. And that wouldn't necessarily support our goals in the gym of getting as strong as we can. So we can kind of change that uh, equation by just actively getting more steps in so we can keep food a little bit higher. Yep, exactly. What you got next? Um, next, um, this is a controversial one. I made a post about this a while ago and it got like 200 comments or something crazy like that. Diet soda is a crazy <laughs> diet hack. And the, the top diet soda is the vanilla Dr. Pepper. I agree that it, or, or a, a very close second is the root beer. Root beer. Root beer. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, I think diet soda is a fantastic one. It helps curb some of those cravings. It helps keep you full with the, uh, the bubbles and shit. It, it's really, really good. And it tastes really good. Now we're it not is. saying drink 10 of these a day, but one a day isn't bad Two. Let's not push it. Let's not be an asshole to ourselves because um, they can have some negative effects on digestion if you are drinking a, a ton of them. But in the research, in the literature, there have been shown to be no negative effects to drinking diet soda, only positive effects, and they taste really good. Yes. And this kind of goes with your next one. Yeah, pre-tracking. I mean, that's something where like, I think it's really important to realize, like, guys, like, if you are going to have – Addition rather than subtraction was one I was going for. <laughs> I'm so confused. But, <laughs> My next one is free tracking, but I was well, kind of with, confused there. With, but... the, with one of the ones you have, I guess. Um, it, it goes with addition and subtraction, but we'll we'll touch on that in a minute. <laughs> well, actually, let's just let's go right to that one. <laughs> He's got me all confused now. <laughs> I was like, my next one on my list is free tracking. I don't know where this where this ties in here. Um, but um adding not subtracting. This is more of a mindset thing, guys. Like Realizing that, you know, instead of, you know, I think a lot of times we look at diets, we're like, oh, I have to, no more sweets, no more soda, no more this, no more that, no more pizza, no more tacos, no more candy, whatever it may be. Like, you're looking at all these things you can't have, but instead of that, look at things you can start adding to your diet. Now, I'm not saying you are adding more of those things, but look at, I can add more fruits, add more veggies, add more protein, add more water, add more movement. Look at all the things you can add to your diet in your day to be able to make it feel like you have a much more abundance mindset rather than a scarcity mindset. Because when you're going into the dieting, you're already thinking, I can't, 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 can't have all these things. 
what's the one thing you're going to want? Those things. I mean, think about like with a little kid, like if you tell a kid, hey, you can't have, you know, candy for breakfast. What's the one thing they're going to ask you for? Candy for breakfast. So like just the more you tell yourself you can't have things, the more you're going to want them. So allow yourself to have those things in moderation. Yeah. And you don't have to give up soda. You can add diet soda in. There are plenty of flavors. And I will say diet Coke, diet Pepsi, those suck in comparison to all the other really good flavors out there. So don't just knock it because of those. They give them a bad name. Exactly. All right. What you got Um, next? Number three on my list is about prep is use the air fryer, use the crock pot, use the oven, use all of the things at your disposal. Make it as easy as possible for yourself. People complain about meal prep. Meal prep is not, you don't have to do it, but it will make your life significantly easier if you do meal prep and you are way more likely to hit your goals if you are setting yourself up for success. So making sure that you are taking that one hour a week and instead of making it three hours a week, you're taking and doing everything you can in the kitchen at one time. That means you're cooking all of your proteins, all the carbs that need cooked. You're doing all those things at once. So then your cook or your prep cook and clean up is all happening in that same hour rather than having to go in there multiple times a week to continue to do this stuff. Make it really easy on yourself. Get a rice cooker. Get the air fryer, get these things because you have to look at it. What is the cost for you? When we talk about creating success on your fitness journey, there is there's some sort of sacrifice that has to happen. There's some sort of effort that has to happen. Do you want to sacrifice the time to cook multiple times a week? Do you want to sacrifice the money to go buy one of these things to make cooking easier and faster? Do you want to sacrifice the effort to cook and prep all of these things and put it away? Or do you want to buy the meal prep? What is your sacrifice? What is your effort that you're willing to give? And that will dictate what your results are going to be. Yep, exactly. And I think you bring up a good point. I'm kind of going on a little bit of a side tangent here, but I, I want to make sure to point this out. It's like everything is going to cost you something. Like it's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you effort or it's going to cost you money or a little bit of each. But if, and if you're not willing to give up time, you're not willing to give up money, you're not willing to give up effort, then it's not a priority to you. And that's okay if it's not a priority for you right now, but we can't sit here and pretend that it is a priority if you're not willing to give something up or give some sort of sacrifice or effort. Again, we're not saying, and we actively say that it doesn't have to suck. Fat loss does not have to suck. It does not have to be the hardest thing you've ever done, but there has to be some sacrifice. There has to be some effort. You have to give something because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Well said. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go into what my number three was, but it was now my number four because somebody, you know, had me all confused here a minute ago. It was kid. It was kitty. (laughs) We're going to go to the cat. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, Pre-tracking as I mentioned a little bit ago. Um, That's such a great idea. Like guys, like pre-tracking is one of those things where I don't think a lot of people think about it, but like it can be so helpful, especially if you're in a calorie deficit, because this is, by taking a few minutes, either the night before or the morning of, to plan out this your is that sacrificing day. time, exactly. But it's actually going to save you time and energy and effort and stress later on. Like it's it's yeah. so beneficial if you can just take five ten minutes. Now, granted, I know some people are saying like it takes me twenty minutes to track. Maybe in the beginning it does, but eventually you will get quicker at it the more reps you put into it. Think about anything the first time you tried anything. It took you time. Think about all the things you do at your job right now that you're able to breeze through and not have to even think about what you're doing on your day-to-day. That's how tracking becomes eventually if you actually put the effort into it. 
All right. So side tangent with that. But when we look at pre-tracking is start thinking about like, you know, what am I going to have throughout my day? What do I want to, um, and I know um, Brevin wanted to bring up a good point as well, like working up, um, working in other foods you enjoy. But before we get to that, I also like to say like, this can set you, set you up for so much success. And I like to compare it to like a take-home test. Think about it like when you were at school and your teacher gave you a test to take home and you have to use your book and everything you had to, you know, look up the answers, do your test and then turn it in. So basically this is what pre-tracking is. You're getting everything ahead of time in a row, figure out, am I getting enough protein in? Am I hitting my calories for the day? And once you make sure all that's done, then you just execute. Then you just eat whatever you pre-tract ahead of time. I even have one client right now, every Sunday, shout out Trini, she actually tracks her entire week ahead of time every Sunday. And she says, yes, it takes her a lot of time on Sunday because she's doing the entire week, but it takes every bit of effort out. And she is nailing all of her calories and all of her protein every single day of the week. And she's seen massive progress. And a, a lot of times I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Like, well, what if something comes up? What if I can't stick to it? Well, what if it doesn't? Yeah. But also instead of taking that mental energy every single day to make these decisions around food, maybe every once in a while you have to make that decision. You have to pivot. But the majority of the time, and that's what we talk about is consistency. Most of the time you're consistently hitting your numbers and not having to think about these things. And the few times that you do have to, we've taught you the skills and, and you have the skills to then adjust and pivot and still hit your goals because the rest of your meals for the day are tracked. So you can now adjust on both ends of whatever the, the thing that popped up is happening. You can now pivot on both of those sides and adjust. You're still crushing your goals and it allows a lot more flexibility in your life. Exactly. And then, um, and and then I, yeah, yeah. So bring up about the foods. Yeah. So I, I had a client who was continuing to want these snacks at night. So we talked about having her pre-track them and it made her life so much easier because she was going over calories because she wanted these snacks at night. So instead of going over your calories, we worked the rest of her day around it by pre-tracking the night before of, Hey, I'm going to have these snacks tomorrow. Now I'm still hitting my goals. Now she's able to have the snacks she wants to and still crush her goals. And she's killing it right now. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. What do you got next? Um, uh, number one for me, I went out of order as well. Um, <laughs> is front load protein. I think front loading protein is a is a really really good hack. Um, get as much protein as you can in before noon, and if you do that, you are setting yourself up for success. You are making it significantly easier on yourself. You don't have to con because protein's the hardest one to just grab and go. You don't have to think about it. That means a high protein breakfast, maybe yes. even throw in a protein shake in there in the morning. So you are taking care of that again. And it allows more flexibility in your life to not have to think about how can I get as much protein in? Or it's like, I had a really busy day or whatever, like get in as much protein early as you can. Cause then you're not thinking about it all day long. It just makes your life easy. Yep. Definitely. That, getting that protein in ahead of time can help so much. And, and I always, that's what, you know, whenever I have clients that you're like, Oh, how can, how in the world can I eat 150 grams of protein a day? Like divide it up. How many you have to have per meal and per snacks and like however much you're eating that way get ahead of it. That way, like you said, you're not getting to the end of the day and being like, well, dinner literally has to be a protein shake because yeah. I can't have any carbs and fats. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And we've um, all been there. We've, oh, we've sure. all done that. We're like, even yesterday for me, uh, for example, I was training in person and then I had to work out and I was just gone out of the house way longer than I thought. And I was like, damn, I have a lot of protein I need to make up at night. And then I'm just, my last two meals are eating a ton of protein. It's like, 
I didn't do that because I messed up yesterday. I'm not perfect either. If I would have front loaded my protein that day, it would have made my life so much easier. Normally we were out of groceries. Normally <laughs> I start my day out with about 75 grams of protein in my breakfast. Exactly. And that helps so much to get ahead of, ahead of that. And then, yeah. you know, and you can always, and that's the thing with like protein, you can always go over your protein too. I feel like that's something that a lot of people, I you know, challenge you to, I actually made a post in my group, uh, this, this week about, I had 277 grams of protein this week on accident. It just kind of happened. I hit my calories. I was a little bit over, um, my meals got a little bit weird this week. Um, and I went over on my protein and someone was, someone asked me in the comments, like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Well, hell yes, you can. If you if you're gonna go over on anything, go over on your protein, please. Exactly, exactly. And then, guys, my last tip that I have in is use a food scale to understand portions, because I think this is something where a lot of people, and again, I know a lot of you are like, oh, food scale, way up my food. Like, I, you know, I don't want to do that. I get it, but guys, you don't realize what a portion actually looks like until you actually know what it looks like. A lot of you are eyeballing things. You're eyeballing the spoon of peanut butter. You're eyeballing the you know, the spread of mayonnaise on your sandwich, you're eyeballing, you know, the handful of almonds that you're thinking as an ounce and it's actually like three ounces. So now we're like triple the calories, looking at three, 400 calories rather than 160. So like we're all these little things that may add up so quick. It's really important to measure them to get a better understanding of what you're actually eating. Um, and actually I'll even use a great example of like uh, our friend Hannah, I saw in her story the other day where she said that she's not tracking right now, but she's still even just weighing her foods out just to have an understanding of how much she's actually getting in every single day. Because if you aren't careful, those things can add up really quick and it's hard to eyeball those things all the time. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It makes it, it makes you a more smart consumer down the road because your exactly. goal is probably not to track forever, but you build the skills of not being able to track and intuitively eating by tracking and understanding and building awareness. Yeah. And even like things like, you know, let's say like a, it's like chicken breast or something like that. Like you may think like, you know, oh, this is a four ounce chicken breast, or maybe it's actually two or maybe it's actually six. And so when you start to see those things, you can go out to dinner and not have to worry about, you know, obviously none of us are taking the food scale with us out to dinner. At least I hope you're not. And so when you're out to dinner, you can look at the plate of food that they bring you and you can say, okay, that's probably about six ounces of chicken breast. Yeah, 100%. And my last hack is Greek yogurt. Um, Greek yogurt is a high-protein food, which is fantastic. It's super, super good for the gut. And you can make it so many different ways. You can make it sweet. You can make it savory. You can make it in any way your heart desires, and it's good every single time. It can be a dessert. It can be an actual meal. It can be a snack. You can throw fruits in there. You can throw other stuff in there make it desserty. Yeah, I mean, I, and even like I love to like when we go to like get like Chipotle instead of getting sour cream when we're at Chipotle, yeah. we you know when we get we save when we get back we throw a dollop of non-fat plain Greek yogurt and it tastes almost identical as sour honestly cream. I I like it better really I do I have grown to like it better than actual sour cream um, and maybe that's just recency bias but um, I I like it a lot and it's it adds more protein which I'm always a fan of oh for sure yeah exactly awesome. So our last question is what's better for overall strength, three sets of eight to 12 reps or four sets of six to eight reps, assuming we are getting heavyweight and reaching failure. This is a fantastic question and I'm going to kind of take a different approach to it. I think, um, neither and both. <laughs> so, so everyone now we have confused. to understand what, <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, we have to understand what you're actually asking. You're asking for building strength. What does that mean to you? Strength is a skill. Strength is built in a one rep max normally. Um, I think when a lot of people are talking, and, and you and I probably have kind of a bias towards like strength being powerlifting. And in this question, I think they're they're more talking about hypertrophy and just getting overall stronger. Um, I would utilize both. Strength is relative. Strength is relative to the rep range that you are working in. Chase and I are working generally in a one to three rep range to build strength. Someone who is not concerned about a one rep max is concerned about getting overall strength and building muscle. Um, I like to set my programs up for someone in this situation with the first workout of the day, something that they want to get stronger at, a bigger compound movement in the five to eight rep range, really pushing strength, um, but also still pushing hypertrophy. Because in all honesty, you can get hypertrophy anywhere. And hypertrophy, again, is just building muscle. Um, you can get that anywhere from six reps, five reps, all the way up to 30 reps. Now, the lower your rep range is, the more you're going to build um, traditional strength, but you can still build strength in the 20 to 30 rep range. It's just a different kind of strength. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would utilize both. Um, and in all honesty, there's not, I think a lot of people have it. Like if you're in the six to eight or the eight to 10 or the 10 to 12, the adaptations really aren't that different between those. Um, you're going to get hypertrophy either way, especially if you're training to failure and lifting heavy weight is, relative to the rep range that you're lifting 20 pounds for 150 reps is still really heavy for 150 reps. Um, but 20 pounds for 10 reps probably isn't very heavy for you. So it's very relative. I would say utilize both the first movement of the day. A lot of time can be that heavier and you can work through rep ranges. Um, but again, that's where we talk about what we, the first question um, what's your first goal? What's your primary goal? What's your secondary? What's your tertiary goal? And that's how it's going to be set up. Um, so I would utilize both. Yeah, I think you pretty much covered that one there. I mean, it's not much really to add on to that. I think it's just guys like under, I think it just goes back to like understanding what is your goal. I just like, like that's the last thing I would just reiterate. It's just like, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, that's why you're not making any progress. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing and what you're supposed to actually be doing to get that end result you're looking for. Yeah, so feel free to reach out and uh, and give me a little bit more context of like what your specific goal is at this moment. Um, I believe I know you and your goal is to build muscle right now um, in kind of an off season. Uh, so I would utilize both of those. Again, first, first movement of the day, a bigger compound movement in that five to eight rep range. Um, and then the rest of your movements can be anywhere from eight to 12 reps. Hypertrophy awesome. is going to be more built with the, uh, proximity to failure rather than the absolute weight, but the absolute weight is going to lead to strength because it is neurological. Awesome. Well said, man. Cool. Anything else you want to add? I, I feel like we're getting right at that 30 minute mark, but anything else you want to add? No, I think we covered it all. All right, guys, as you guys know, we are always looking for more questions. We do need some more of your questions. So drop those down into the link that it will be in the show notes. Let us know what you need help with. Drop them. We want to answer them. All right, guys. Talk to you guys next week. See ya. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. 
Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.